then good afternoon everybody this is uh, my child first live we're talking tuesday and today we're talking about intention of conception it's it seems so simple no uh, at the face of it it may seem that here is a mom and a dad who now say oh we've been married for x numbers of years and this is where we are at in our life i um maybe it's time to have a baby is that intention that may be a checklist and that may be an intention but we really don't know so today we want to dig deeper as to what actually is an intention and before we can even talk about that we i want to start with saying one of my favorite quotes the were spiritual beings having a human experience uh brain perinatal psychology research shows us that we are we have an awareness a sense of knowing if you please a witnessing consciousness even before we are conceived and how do we know that we know that because in spontaneous recalls people have gone back to the time when they are looking at their own conceptions or before they had conceived so they see this couple uh you know who are making love they and the detail is not about the act that they're doing the detail is about your voice is cracking a little how, i'm not uh, able to hear you uh is it just you or everybody else i'm supposed to be on a brand new very exciting um okay let me just check that out is that better your yeah uh is it better little bit but your uh, picture is a little pixelated um yes okay give me a second i'm just going to log off and log back in just give me a second okay sure sure apologies everyone amdeva was having some uh, tech issues so logging back and logging in uh, just hang in there for us please can't hear you your screen's oh, frozen too is it any better is it any better now no i just changed to my whatsapp we just bear with us please for a minute Okay, let's try one more time. I thought we may not have so many trouble. I've got a brand new internet connection, but it seems like we're still having the same problems. Um, 
Okay, okay. Can we can hear now? you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so pre and perinatal research shows that people have an awareness of their being before they have model form. Now, having said that, we, I mean, if we were to just simply simplify it, um, it would come down to say that there is an energetic quality to us, which is beyond our measurement right now. I'm just putting the time qualitative, maybe in a few years, few decades, few centuries, we know that quality as well. But we have this concept of um, consciousness in many, many different modalities. And uh, so we start to say that if we are conscious beings and we have a I may, my intention may be completely different, or I may be thinking about plans of life, career, uh, education, but my So in an African tribe, the mother hears the baby's song. And then she goes to the jungle or solitude to meditate, to refine that song. And once she knows that song, which she, maybe she creates it, maybe I don't know what that is. But once she knows that song, she comes back and, she's and then she conceives. And then when she conceives, she teaches that song to every member of the tribe, which they sing to guide the baby into the earth that we are here. So think of it as a consciousness, an awareness of another um, sentient being saying, I, I wish to manifest and you are, I'm choosing you as the mother, but to guide them into this realm, they sing a song. In Indian scriptures, we have something called Garbadan Sanskar. So married couples, when they are ready to have a baby, and it's important that both the mother and father are ready. So it, we're talking about a, such an evolved concept of readiness or choice from parents here, not some tick on a biological clock checklist. But when they are ready, they do this little prayer, inviting this baby into their lives. And the quality of that intention may be uh, join us or we're offering. Maybe before that, they may, they may prepare their home. They may resolve their financial issues. They may look after their emotional issues. Not, not quite uh, different from what we are doing today. Saying when we are planning a baby, we detox our body. We get healthier. So there, therein lies your intention. I am preparing. But is it just physical body that you have to prepare? Is it just emotional self you have to prepare? Is there just spiritual self? Or perhaps there are these entanglements that we carry from generation to generation through consciousness, through pass on of a legacy, a heritage that we're also preparing with. So we're going to come back to intention in that sense. But we see that this is there. It's there in Native Americans. So a lot of old cultures actually recognize this power of intention. If you look at the scientific way of looking at it, you see Bruce Lipton talking about uh, biology of belief. What does that mean? 
So very simply put, he says that your cell, every cell uh, is important because you are, you are a collection or a community of cells. And every cell senses its, uh, its surroundings and through the membrane, it picks up the signals that are relevant for survival. And then the DNA gets modified for the next cell to be reproduced. So, you know, our cells create new cells. And next cell may be a little bit different from what the previous one was, even though it has the same DNA, simply because the environment says something different. I mean, if you look at the science of it, if you look at the research around it or study around it, and then if you look at what is happening in the world around us today, we find that intention is quite powerful. But unfortunately, we think that when we're talking about intention, energy, spirituality, it is a different world than when we are talking about science and body. And, but they're not different from each other. So, you know, the question we want to ask you is, where does your spirit, if you're a spiritual brain, where does your spirit reside? What is your mind? Is it your brain? Is it in your body? Is it outside your body? What is going on? And we realize that the, the spirit is like a, like a, uh, a resonating frequency, so to speak, around which matter will coalesce in a certain form. If you were to take it really simply, and we see those patterns in so many different things, it's like a tuning, uh, you know, a certain frequency is going on. Uh, good example is that if you take one of those big speakers with the um, uh, with a membrane on top, and you put some sand, and as you play different music, you find that the sand jumps up and comes down in different patterns. So every frequency that we have on energy might have a certain pattern around it. Uh, if you look at uh, cellular biology, this is a very interesting article that I read. And then thereafter, I try to verify it as well. And they say that the narrative of the world is that the sperm penetrates the egg. So, you know, even in our narration of conception, we find that the egg is passive. But what, what scientists have proven in the lab is that the cell, uh, the, the, um, the egg is holding egg. a nice strong boundary. And there are millions of sperms which are just all over, but it's not opening up. And then there's one cell that matches the frequency. Where did the frequency of the egg come from? The intention of the mother, the energetic quality of the mother. And where did the frequency of the sperm come from? I would say that's the energetics of the father. And when they match, in, in per se, but that's just two halves. Two halves don't make a whole. We say the sum of parts. There is a certain mystery, which is the intention of the baby to come into this world that brings them together. So the, the egg literally opens up its boundary, pulls in the, uh, the sperm, and then shuts its boundary again, saying, okay, that's the one I want. And when I was reading it, I remembered uh, in, in old um, Amar Chitrakathas as a child when I'd read, we would say that the king held a swimmer for his daughter and all the suitors came. And then she set up a certain task. I will, you know, what she valued in that man. And she said, I will do somebody who can string a bow or hit the eye of the, uh, you know, of the fish. And so everybody then, ex uh, you know, expressed their talents. And then she chose the one, the one quality that she wanted. And then she would get that. And the egg kind of expresses the same swimmer of these uh, sperms all around. 
But going back to the intention, so when we say conception, I want to have a baby, your thought of your wanting to have a baby, the cognitive thought of your baby might be much later than the whole energetic intention of your body. That is why a lot of women get pregnant without planning. You know, uh, they would get married. Now, if you, uh, you know, uh, these women get married, then they're enjoying, uh, you know, intimacy with their husbands and then they find themselves pregnant and they're quite welcoming of that pregnancy. And so, and then there are women who say, no, we want to wait. And they're very clear or aligned in themselves about their purpose and they wait. And then when they are ready, lo and behold, they get pregnant. And then we hear of women who have trouble conception. And then, uh, you know, we've been doing coffee cons, Tanvi, and we've been hearing how Reva said that she got into a relationship with herself and she was really, you know, uh, clear on when she wanted a child. And then we heard Gitanjali say that the journey to get a child through her infertility, she discovered herself. So, you know, the intention might come when they align themselves, the inside of them and the outside of them, the energetics of them and the bodily functions of them. And when that alignment comes, the mother just says, I'm ready. She doesn't say, I want a child. And we'll come to that bit in a bit. So I'm ready. It's an invitation. It's an openness, not I want. I want cannot be an intention. I'm ready is an offering uh, to the baby, like an invite. And for dads also, you know, they may not understand what it means to have a baby. And, you know, most men, if you talk about having baby, they'll always say, okay, well, that's way out of my comfort zone. Of course, there are some who are completely wanting a child. But the idea is not that. The idea is that has this couple discussed this? Are they on the same page? Is there an alignment? You know, the egg and the sperm the, on the same frequency is a representation of this family being on the same frequency. And then he also offers to say, I'm, al I'm aligned, so we're welcoming a baby. Um, unfortunately, the narrative becomes, oh, you know, now we are so much and now we've decided to have a, we've decided we're to all have settled a baby and, and now we're going to try and have a baby. Yeah. And then we say, where is the baby? Where is the intent or the will of that other human being who is now going to trust you to come into your life? And, uh, and, and believe that you're going to look after him. And if you want to look at through a certain philosophy of karma, if you believe in rebirth and that kind of thing, then maybe he's choosing something that is uh, in line with his purpose. But if you want to think of a single life, which is fine, even so, free will. You know, the other side, there is the concept of free will. I choose to be with you. And so we can only offer as parents and I think that's our first lessons in terms of intention setting and opening ourselves is to say we're offering, which means we don't own our children. They've chosen us. And uh, how do you offer an intention of, you know, loving somebody? You offer love. That is the substratum of human existence. We know that love buffers stress. We know that love buffers trauma. We know that love heals human hurt. Love. It is that quality that touches us on so many levels. And what are we offering? You know, unfortunately, we have um, categorized love as well as a boundary. But in its true nature, love is unconditional.
I give you, I offer you, because offering you brings me joy. So it's, it is still an interdependent relationship, but that offering may or may not be received in the way you want. So if I have an intention as a mother to love a child, then my love begins with that intention. And then I hear that baby sound song and then I make that song and then that's my song too. So, you know, somewhere we have to think uh, or explore or even hear, uh, what am I feeling? Is it love? Do I want to give or do I want to get? And that's a subtle intentional difference in having a baby. Or, uh, you know, how do I experience love in this world? Do I feel the lack of it? Does it have to be proven to me? Uh, is there a certain boundary to it? Or is there a certain way it can be expressed? Or is it just a joy that bubbles through me? Uh, you know, um, of course there's love in the world. How do I see the world? A lot of healing work can bring you in alignment with yourself and that might be an intention. So the intention is very clear here. I find that I am um, a little bit uh, holding back on love or I'm finding the lack of love. So I'm going to work on myself so that I can give you unconditional love. That's an intention. And that's a wonderful intention. Um, biology isn't always about getting the egg and sperm. Even if we put it in a test tube or a petri dish, we don't know that whether they, the, the egg will receive the baby, uh, the, the sperm. We don't know whether this embryo will make a choice to implant and go to a full uh, this thing. So these are the intentions of parents, parents who are now adults, parents who seek to explore human experience through love, love of an innocent child, to take uh, the responsibility to accept that privilege of being responsible for another child. And that would be an intention sitting for a man or a woman, the father's intention or the mother's intention. Uh, the baby's intention is even more sophisticated. So uh, if you read the Ayurveda text, they say, and I, I say this many times because it was so profound for me to hear it. It says that the, uh, the baby, uh, the, the consciousness in the new, the, the fetus or the baby, uh, the unborn child arises in fourth month. Uh, and uh, we know that uh, research says that it actually exists. There is a certain sense of awareness, a dispassionate third person awareness. So, you know, you're still com contemplating, um, you know, I like this house, I like the neighborhood. Should I live here or not? <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, let's see. They're still developing it. Let's see how the final shape of it is. Let's see how the, you know, so you're kind of uh, um, <laughs> undercover trying to check out the whole neighborhood and see if that would be a, suitable, not happy. Happiness can also be a big burden. Suitable life for me. Am I ready to take this on yet? And so we say that the baby is observing, but only by the fourth month, the baby's consciousness then merges into this form and becomes one. So his, the way of perceiving the world changes from a third party witness consciousness to a more aligned through me witnessing consciousness. Uh, it's interesting because that's when the placenta is also completely uh, put. So if you want to look at biological uh, nature's processes with these kind of concepts, they are quite aligned. Uh, many times we are unable to explain what happens in the first three months. There are babies who parents decide not to have them 
are ready to let them go have abortions but it doesn't work and then there are babies in perfectly healthy um, pregnancies we don't know what happened and science has not been able to define it but if you look at through the perspective of the baby's intent they are perfectly understandable and uh, so the intention so he's making these choices of many different spots conception itself is a very big choice so the sperm and the egg might decide to join but life may not arise if you look at if you just simply google calcium iron wave there is a beautiful little video that shows that there's this very still inert fluidic material and then almost like a ray like a scanner light moves through it which is called the calcium ion wave it starts from the point of where the penetration happened scans through and suddenly the whole still fluid moves so there's life literally being transmuted through inert biological material and that's the first intention that's the baby saying yes i i feel ready to take this one step and takes that step and then of course there is this growth 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 expansion and then you know it comes down the fallopian tube and the boundary stays still uh, of that more uh, it's called a morula and then a blastocyst it's still while the uh, the cells are exploding inside and that kind of compression and that and then it bursts out of that and embeds into the mother's um Uh, lining in the lining how is it being received so the mother on the cellular level go to biology of belief with that intention of receiving this baby even if she's not planning this baby what is her belief system where is her intention and does she see herself as a mother is welcoming that baby we know that when a foreign particle comes into uh, our body our body aggressively fights it therefore it has to be the intention knowingly unknowingly consciously unconsciously of the mother to welcome this baby to allow him to kind of embed in and find and you know and also produce these blood vessels that go towards it saying i'm ready to feed you i'm ready to give and then the placenta begins to form which is a part of the baby's body and so at every step in this very early four weeks the baby is making so many different uh, choices where does it base its choice not on biology because if 2 plus 2 is equal to 4 then every implantation should be a baby but we don't have that and we have to slow down and we have to look at the mystery that this is so i i had a professor who used to call it the mysterium realm so there is the 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 yin the yang and then the mystery in the middle and uh, you know when we were kate white she quotes it that babies are born or they create their bodies in the field between the two parents so it's not just the mother's body that's giving the nutrition the field what is the field again we are talking energetics what is the intention are these two people consciously knowingly that they have a baby changing their attitude to becoming parents supportive of each other of course they will disagree of course there will be disagreement and, and the baby can handle that but what is the larger picture and then we come back to the larger picture being unconditional love we don't have to change another person or ourselves to love ourselves or another person all we need to do is to find the space big enough to embrace them and welcome them and accept them as they are 
And so that again comes back to the same energetics, which I in the beginning decided to call intention. And that intention will then decide as the baby shapes his muscle, you know, in the first eight weeks, the entire body is created. It's called embryology. And then that shapes with that central intentional field, the body will shape around it. Part of that field is biological. So all humans look like us, you know, midline, two eyes, nose. You know, we don't find noses and ears stuck in different places. So there's a biological field which shapes our form. But the nuancing of our psyche, of our spiritual beliefs, of our being welcomed into the world are all tuned on the intention of the mom and the dad and the baby resonating with it. And that might be what we may call a conscious conception, but you might not be conscious of it. So, you know, you may not be aware that you are consciously inviting this baby. It could be a simple thing of, you know, when you look at a baby picture, you feel love. Um, interestingly, in old times, if, you, if they showed pregnancy, and even lots of people did it at home, they put all these cute baby Cute baby pictures. photos. Now, and the reason I find this so fascinating is because I explored it after I had a spontaneous experience of it. Um, one morning I woke up and I felt like the only most important thing in the world for me is to have a baby. And, and soon enough, I kind of um, organized my life to receive the baby, which also included giving up my job before I even, uh, you know, tried for having a baby. So we had a, uh, we had a fairly good life, um, you know, intimate life, but we weren't really thinking of having a baby. But when the thought came, that particular day, I told my boss, I want to leave work because, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a baby. And he thought I was pregnant. But by, in my intention, I had offered myself, and then three months I truly enjoyed myself. Uh, it was almost as if I wanted to um, feel what Divya was uh, uh, be before I uh, held my baby in my hands. And then uh, three months later, I conceived. And then, of course, ever since, there has been no looking back. But to put into words that sense in you, that knowing in you is very, very difficult. But if I look at it, it's a, it's a sensation that arises from an energetic field, and that was maybe intention. And then, uh, of course, I had put pictures of my husband as a child on the wall <laughs> instead of cute baby pictures. And if anybody has ever seen my son, he's a carbon copy of my husband. So, um, you know, it's interesting. We can, we can kind of link the dots. Our eyes can see the patterns uh, retrospective in hindsight. But our experience at that time, my experience at that time, definitely goes in this direction. I truly believe that. And, and then I started exploring it with trauma work, with pre and perinatal psychology, with, with working with moms and babies. And it has been the greatest sense of saying that nothing is truly unintentional even not consciously holding an intention uh, is or could, there could be an intention. And that is why I think a large part of us seek purpose in life. We want to get aligned with ourselves. Our health resonates better. Simply our nervous system resonates better when we are well aligned, which means that we are constantly aware and mindful of the, 
uh, of the sharp edges in ourselves. Um, somebody says, says, oh, Divya, I need you to do this at this time. I politely say yes, but I feel a friction of anger. That's my sharp edge. The minute I pay attention to that, that's aligning with yourself. It's not such a dramatic, you know, you have to take sannyas for three years before you can actually align yourself. And then when you start paying attention to yourself every step of the way, that becomes who you are. That becomes a sixth sense in you, which is constantly present as a guiding force. And I'm sure if I ask uh, our viewers today, our, our listeners today, did you have an experience like this? majority of them, well, 100% of them have had the experience, but True. maybe 95% of them are even aware of at aware least of one such experience. So let's open it up to a little bit of a discussion and say questions or any comments which you may have experienced, not just in terms of conception, but in some sense of your own intention arising, you had thought of something and it came to you or, you know, it happened miraculously, things like that. So before we do that, uh, there is, there's a uh, comment uh, uh, which uh, Anshika has made and she's saying, doesn't the intention of uh, mom and dad, uh, isn't the intention there all through and not just during conception, uh, during pregnancy and later? It is all so through. That... It is all through. That is why so many women conceive even without planning it. Planning pregnancy is a very new phenomenon. You know, uh, women actually, uh, before most of them even realized uh, and planning, found themselves pregnant. Uh, we would always all like to go back and say, we are talking of times. Uh, how was it at that time? What did these women feel about themselves? Um, you know, somehow we find that na negative narratives find a lot of um, hold in our society, in, in our everyday talk and discussions. But uh, simple things were also there in those times. Women were simple and they were joyful and um, they took pleasure. Uh, you know, we can argue that they were programmed, but we are all programmed. So let's put that aside, uh, whether it's programmed one way or the other, but because our, our human minds are such that they can be programmed. We are all constantly taking in information from outside and being programmed. We also have a negative bias, so we pick up the negative things faster. But think of a simple life where uh, you went with the flow of who you were. And of course, there was programming. But was it joyful? Were you, were you hearing that internal sharp edge? Or was there a certain smoothness? Um, was there an ability to sit back and look back and get a smile on your face for what you had done in that day or in, with your life or as parents or whatever it is? small period of time, long period of time, can we sit back and look back and say, hmm, that was okay. It wasn't great. I mean, you don't have to aspire for it. That was okay. I can be with that. And if I can be with that, perhaps the next step will open up for me. Sometimes when you sit with it and look back and say, well, that was okay, but truly it didn't have much meaning for me. And that's the programming jumping in. There you go, you know. Um, I did that because it, it was the thing to do. I went with the flow, but now I don't feel that that was really a good fit for me. Even that is becoming aware of your programming. Once you become aware, you can change anything. But uh, how many of us are able to actually sit with ourselves? Forget do the rest of the work. And if we are, then maybe 
take a moment or two to just enjoy the fact that we can sit with ourselves and let your own intention arise. You'll feel it. Okay, any questions for me? So, uh, one is, does, does unwilling conception impact a baby's development? Long and short answer, yes, resoundingly, it does. But let's define unwilling first, right? So there's the, the intention of the mom, the intention of the dad, the intention of the baby. Now for the mom and baby, uh, for, for the mom who's saying, I don't really want a child right now and still conceives, there are many pathways that that conception can take place. It will also depend on how uh, the relationship so I'm going to tell you a little story, very personal. I won't be taking any names, but absolutely true. I was supporting a mom who's had a baby. The baby was four months old. And uh, they decided to, uh, she didn't want another child, but she conceived because things happened. And whatever their family story was, she really didn't want that child. And uh, there was a lot of pressure from her home saying, no, no, you have the child. You know, there are other, you know, we'll bring them up together, et cetera, et cetera. So she came to me, and this is a very tricky subject to say that, um, you know, what should I do? And so uh, we talked about it, and I said, why don't you talk to the baby? And she said, there's no way. I've been begging the doctor before she told my family that I don't want this child, and she didn't support me. And uh, uh, now my family knows, and I can't, I can't fight all of them, and I have a small child, and what should I do? I said, talk to the baby. Tell the baby truthfully where you're at in life, but make sure you let the baby know that I love you, but I really, in my mortal capacity, my human capacity, I can't receive you right now. So help me. At a 12-week scan, the baby had done. Then said, yeah, you know, baby. It was a very tough situation. A few years later, she decided to have a child. Now, everybody told her that, you know, now you might have trouble conceiving. Not at all. She just reminded that baby, I'm ready for you now. Okay. So does it impact the baby? If, so, if the baby can be so sensitive, we know from research now that if babies don't feel welcome, in the time of their conception, the time of their implantation, the time that they are discovered. So it's interesting because now um, William Emerson uh, talks about actually physical form reflecting how he was received. So this baby, uh, he says, when they walk into my, um, into my room for therapy, he's, he's a psychologist. So he's a when, somatic psychologist. When they walk into my room, by looking at their shape, I can say whether they were welcomed into the world or not. And then he explains it. He said at three weeks or, or you know, when you about 10 days past the, due, uh, the time of your um, um, period, which would be about two to three weeks of gestational age for the baby, you discover that you're pregnant. And then, uh, you know, of course, everybody have ambivalence. So we're not judging anyone. But for some moms in really difficult situations might say, um, oh no, I don't want that child. Or I don't feel welcome. Or the father behaves that way. And the mother's body feels that rejection. 
So there is a particular shape to the embryo and their spines are held in that shape. He says, just by looking at the way that baby, the person, the adult walking in, we go back and say, okay, tell me about when you were conceived or or your beginnings on this earth. So literally, because the shock is so much, he has, from that energetic frequency, the shape of the body arises. And this is what is happening. So um, this isn't about putting pressure on people to say, you have to now only be happy or you have to welcome, because we are not talking about a parent or perspective things that you are showing to the world. We're talking about a deep inequality. And the reason I talked about unconditional love is that if you cannot love yourself as you are challenged and, uh, you know, uh, with whatever situation you're facing in life or whoever you are as a person, embrace it, don't judge it. Uh, and let your child see your authentic self. Offer yourself in its authenticity to say, this is who I am, but my intention is to love you. That's when the magic happens. So it isn't that you're going to get the best version of yourself. You are the best version of yourself the minute you accept it. One of our biggest problems in the world is judgment, is lack of acceptance. You know, when we feel that we come up against that judgment, we put a wall up. So. Uh, we are always our best self. We are a living representation of our life's challenges, joys, sadness, sorrows, fears. Why? It's a unique canvas. Why should it not be accepted at it, as it is for who it is? So first person to accept it is you. When you start accepting yourself, that ripples out to acceptance of everybody, which also means forgiveness comes in. But you're, you're, you're this honest human being that is offering himself. You know how you offer yourself to God? You go there with no pretense, hopefully, <laughs> uh, leaving the rituals aside. You go there with no pretense and you say, here I am. And uh, because there is a thread that goes between the, because there is the thread of divine within you, you're accepted as you are. It's the same way you offer yourself to the child. Um, and be in acceptance of that. So this isn't about, oh, I had that experience because the beauty of human form is that the repair possibility is always there. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, repair in terms of not having the perfect thing, but taking from the Japanese art of kintsugi. You know, what they do is when they break and, uh, you know, say a bowl breaks, they don't say it's broken. They put the pieces together with la and, and put a golden lacquer on it. So the new piece is unique and has a, a beauty of its own. So our challenges, are, you know, what, what we might judge as mistakes and shortcomings, we can, well, our awareness is that golden lacquer on it. Our acceptance is putting it together into one piece of us. And then we, we say, oh, it's more beautiful than before because we have all these cracks on it, which we, our awareness is the golden lacquer that it, you know, uh, it's shining. And that's what we're offering to the baby. That's a part of our intention. Actually, that is a part of our intention of being alive as a human being. So uh, there is a comment saying, uh, so does that mean that there can be a relationship between pregnancy intention and uh, miscarriage or certain issues during childbirth? 
so now this becomes like uh, you know you're responsible <laughs> because you're on your own journey right and then the father's on his own journey and that baby who's choosing you is on his own journey so the challenges you face in life are not the negatives of life they're passages of life that you need to move through now one way or the other time the wheel of time moves and you do move through but at every moment you can make a choice of saying doing it with grace or not you know i think we are far too caught up in doing it right in having it ideal perfect good these really positive words that are become a prison for us how about we let that go also for for the moment and see okay so if we have uh we made a few mistakes or if we have okay but that's who i was at that moment of time can i accept that uh if i have trouble with conception uh what 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 is the grace i can find in it how can i because my off, my offering was not about owning a child but my offering was about offering love so it's still unconditional i'm still offering it uh, whether somebody comes or not because it's unconditional it cannot be linked to it but as a human being i've had a loss can i hold that loss with grace and not dismiss it not say oh never mind i'll try again to no just pause with that moment and say oh my god that hurt and what does that hurt tell me about myself where is it that i need to heal myself where is it that i need to nurture myself not protect myself because we don't want to put up a wall yet again where is it that i need to nurture myself who who is there who can join me on this human journey of nurturing myself because once i learn to heal and nurture myself that is a part of my offering as a mother or a father to the baby who i'm still inviting but it, again we need to get, get keep getting back to ourselves because underneath all we know is the unknown and underneath is the frequency that actually brought us into this world that that our song our tune our frequency our vibration is always true for us okay anyone has any questions uh, you can just put it up on the uh, and everybody who had that experience of knowing deep knowing um of course then the questions come later you know how do you know this that and the other but that sense of knowing we've all felt it many many times it's a part of who we are as humans do you have any questions so uh there's one question which uh, i'm not sure it's just uh, i feel it's it's not a complete question uh, it says what behavioral characteristics of a baby gets impacted maybe she's trying to say that if uh it's a unplanned uh, you know uh, pregnancy or unplanned, so unplanned baby so pregnancies can be very joyous planned pregnancies can be very tough challenging there is no formula but a but uh, she's baby, asking that yeah but a yeah, love we'll... baby a baby who's loved uh not like oh i'm going to do things right and do that's not love but just feels love is always buffered uh, from all the negative impacts uh, to some extent or the other and most importantly a baby who's welcomed wanted loved uh, looks at the world 
with open arms because you know I was I I'm, I'm invited I'm welcomed it doesn't it trusts the world and that translates into all relationships into their self esteem with themselves which is self esteem so many different ways it's very difficult to um, and I think it's very it's a disservice to human beings to uh, kind of block them into small narrow traits. Uh, how we are and who we are and how we respond, whether whether it for the other person perceptually maybe good or bad, are the two sides of the same coin, because I'm the same person, and also my behavior. You know, a lot of people think that behavior is uh, is personality is controllable, but it isn't, because we know from our nervous system study that in situations when we are feeling threatened, and that perception of threat is quite nuanced because it comes from how we were welcomed into the world, what our experiences in the world, it's very nuanced. But when we feel threatened, we do not, uh, we, we beha behave or we respond with behaviors or actions which are protective of us, survival, which also includes, uh, you know, giving up or complying or fighting back or checking out, escaping. These are simple defense behaviors, not to be judged. But you know, if you see that happening, whether in adulthood, whether in childhood, even when infants, you have to say, oh my God, what is going on with this person, human beings, nervous system, that they're responding like that? Because in their true nature, human beings have empathy, compassion, love. These are innate qualities that we have. You know, it's like saying that, uh, um, uh, cheetahs are predators. Yeah, humans are empathetic. Uh, it's an innate quality. How that quality is suppressed or is stripped away from us or we lose access to it depends on the layers of our experience into the world. So does uh, our, every experience will matter, including the love of our parents, how we are received, how we are looked after, how we are cared for. We see ourselves through our parents' eyes. When we made that intention to come into this world, we have chosen them. We have trusted them to look after us. But it's not so. We also know who they are. And maybe somehow to work through some of our own spiritual growth issues, we might choose them still. Or we may come bearing gifts for them that their personalities or their experience have not been of love, but feeling the love of a child might transform them. That is so true for parents. And so we might be coming, at, I mean, the child may be coming as a teacher, as a, as a mentor, as a guide for the parents, or they're choosing the parents to go through a certain phenomena they want to experience in the mortal world, because not everything can be experienced without our body and our senses, which is a gift of this world, our human form, our body. So our spirit journeys and experiences and learns and grows through our body. It's not separate from our body. Unfortunately, a lot of times we feel that when we deny the body, we, uh, we serve the spirit. But that's not true. We don't serve our spirits by denying our body. We serve our spirits by recognizing our bodies. Because remember, our bodies were created in the vibration of our spirit, our intention, our frequency. So by acknowledging our bodies, by uh, looking at the relationship we have with our bodies, we know our own spirit. There, how else would you know your spirit? Yeah. And there, therein somewhere is the, the importance of our intention. Uh, 
uh, and our being, our choice of being in this world. Awesome. So that was quite, uh, you know, something new for me as well. Uh, so, so today, love, for uh, today, you have to give up your to-do list for your children. If you're pregnant, forget your to-do list. Tune in to your body. You will be so surprised that from a very early age, a lot of us do not feel our bodies because the sensations that arise as prenates in the womb, as babies during birth, as newborns, and the things that happen to us are so overwhelming that our brain, uh, our nervous system disconnects from our bodies too because our, our experience of the world is through the body, whether it's our uh, sensory organs or is through sensations in our bodies. And those become so difficult that we disconnect. So many of us are disconnected. So our first intention, if you're going to have a child, because we want a spirit to get embodied into human form is to come into our own bodies. And then perhaps that's the first step of that intention. Right. Great. Uh, so anyone has any comments, any questions? We can take them up now. Else, we are going to see you next Tuesday. And uh, also, as you all are aware, that we have uh, coffee cons going on right now. Uh, the entire month of August, we have invited a lot of our uh, guests uh, talking about different topics. Uh, and uh, this, these conversations are at 9 p.m. Uh, if you would want to view the conversations, uh, the upcoming conversations, you can uh, just follow us on our Facebook or YouTube channel. Our Facebook is My Child First 20 and Facebook, uh, YouTube channel is My Child First. So you can either follow us there and uh, view the conversations. If you would want to view the previous conversations, uh, you can just register on our e-learning platform. It's elearning.birthbonds.com. And if you're following us on Insta, uh, most of the information is available on the Insta handle as well. So um, we have very, very uh, interesting conversations uh, this week. So tonight we, are, um, we have uh, Jyoti from Kiola Wellness, and she will be talking about uh, uh, the importance of bonding with the baby during baby massage. So uh, that is one of the uh, interesting topics. And then we have uh, Barbara Harper and Barbara Decker, uh, one talking about uh, uh, water birth, and the other one talking about prenatal bonding. Uh, so, yeah, so our, that's that's our lineup for this week. Also, Tanvi, I want to tell our viewers that we, uh, you know, this was such an inspirational coffee con. And then this came up, this talk came up. And as I was thinking about today, uh, we are now all set to uh, go live with our sentient baby program, which is for pregnant moms to get an awareness of how the baby is not just developing physically, but this rich human uh, um, growth happening and so that uh, we'll have more news for everybody about our sentient baby program which is also on our e-learning platform and um, stay tuned in so thank you very much uh, for attending our uh, talking tuesdays and uh, being a part of our talking tuesdays every tuesday uh, we look forward to having you and uh, you know uh, seeing familiar faces coming back and uh, you know, uh, every Tuesday. So it's it's really, really, uh, you know, rewarding for us in a way uh, that, uh, you know, uh, through these conversations, we are able to 
make any difference. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you. See you all next Tuesday. Bye-bye.